G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God has surrounded us with special people who enrich our lives. I guess we can all look back over our lifetime and speak of several individuals who have made a significant impact upon us. People like family members, friends, mentors, spiritual leaders, and so on. We can see that God connects us with people. Now, some relationships last for a season, maybe months or a couple of years or something like that, but others last for a lifetime. But sadly, sometimes relationships can go wrong and even become harmful. These are what we call toxic relationships. A toxic relationship is one that has a harmful or destructive influence. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and welcome to Set Free with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week dealing into a very important element of our lives, relationships. All well and good when things are going nicely and and we see even in the Bible there are good examples of positive uh, relationships. David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi, Paul and Barnabas. They were great relationships for both parties. But sometimes things can go wrong and even become damaging and When we have a run-in with people, sometimes we can walk away, but if it's an ongoing relationship and it gets hostile, well, it sometimes can be very difficult to deal with. So I know this will be very practical this week. We can feel used or violated or or damaged. Are these the kinds of things that we're talking about with toxic relationships, Ken? Yeah, I think so, because... um Usually they do occur up close and personal in the in what we call the primary relationships of life. I mean, as you said, you know, sometimes we can have just a brief encounter with people or a casual relationship and walk into those relationships, walk out. And when we're close up to people on an ongoing way or in, in an ongoing way and those relationships become sour, actually they can become harmful and, and damaging. And uh, let me give you one example of that. You know, one of the most damaging things in a relationship is when one person tries to control another person. Yeah. Now, when you think about it, you know, one of the uh, fundamental things that make us unique as individuals is our power to choose, our freedom to make decisions for ourselves uh, without being controlled or connived or, you know, manipulated in any way. Just that freedom to be able to make those decisions for our own lives. Now, when we do that, that's really an expression of our individuality, of who we are. Mm. When that's taken from us and people try to take over our lives by controlling us, then we lose that independence or that individuality that makes us unique as a person, you know. But isn't there a place for submission? I mean, the Bible talks about submission, saying a, a, a husband and wife scenario um, in the church, uh, in, in other areas. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and, and certainly, you know, God has uh, set up those kind of relationships uh, in, in, in the whole of life. You know, we see it in society. We see it in the family. We see it in, in church life where there are leaders and, and there's a call to submit to, to those that are over us in the Lord. Now, 
the thing is about submission that it's something that's given, not taken. <laughs> mm. I mean, if I give it, it's submission. If it's taken from me, demanded from me, it's actually control. I remember I was um, sharing with a couple once, and uh, a marriage couple, you know, and, um, you know, I, I said to the husband, or, or rather the husband said to me, um, he said, my wife has to submit to me. You know, the Bible says that. She's got to submit to me. Yeah. And um, so I just kind of played along with this. In fact, I, you know, I've got to admit, I really set this guy up. But uh, I said, well, really? Where does it say that? And he thought, well, you know, he's a pastor that doesn't even know the Bible, you know. So he opened it up to Ephesians chapter 5, and he says, There, wives, submit to your husbands. And I said to him, do you usually open other people's mail? <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I said, well, read that again slowly. And he said, wives, submit to your husbands. I said, oh, so it's addressed to your wife. So you're opening up somebody else's mail. I said, but don't be discouraged because there's some mail here for you too. (laughs) Read on in the passage. It says, husbands, love your wife. So there's a part that you have to play. You're responsible for that. You're not responsible to manage your wife's submission to you, Mm. you know, or to see that that takes place. That's between her and God. It's a bit like the concept of respect. We can be in a position, whether it's a, a husband or a, a father or some other you know, work position, and say, well, people have to respect me because this is the position that I hold. To a degree, that's true. But real respect is actually earned, and people give it to you willingly yeah. because of, of that earning factor. And it's the same thing here with uh, submission. But is there a fine line in here between submission and control? And how, how does control actually work? How do you recognize whether it is control or submission? Well, I think there's a difference between what I call righteous authority and unrighteous authoritarianism. Unrighteous authoritarianism is an attempt to control a person by demanding unquestioned submission. You know, you talked about uh, respect is something, again, which is given. Mm. But if that's demanded from people, it's not really respect because it hasn't come voluntarily. And uh, sometimes uh, authoritarianism can get into that realm of uh, demanding unquestioned submission to itself. Uh, it, you know, when it does that, of course, it, it violates the conscience of the other person because it's telling them what to do instead of them doing it of their own volition. Okay, well, let's get practical here for a minute. Let's say we've got uh, some friends mm. and we're concerned that there may be some control going on here or some of these things that you talk about. What are some practical things that we look for? Well, a controlling person basically uses two means of control. Um, intimidation is the first one. Intimidation actually uses direct means of control. Let me give an example. Um, a man might control his family through his anger. You know, so for example, whenever he wants his way, he starts to get aggressive, starts mm-hmm. to bang the table, raises his voice. Everybody in the family goes quiet, and they all fall into line because um, basically they're sensing dad's getting angry here. So we better just uh, do whatever he wants us to do. And he'll calm down. And so he's intimidating um, his family into, a f- which is a form of control. Or let's put it another way. Uh, let's say a church member goes to see their pastor and say, you know, pastor, I'm really not happy with what you've been teaching lately. And uh, if you continue to go down that line, I'm going to have to withdraw my financial support. And maybe they might be a big giver and they know it. And, and they're using that uh, in an intimidating way to control really where the pastor is going. So he's not free before God to lead his flock 
and to, to, to share from the Word of God as he feels is the whole counsel of God, but he's got to be very selective now, otherwise he's going to lose the financial support of this person. But it would be quite legitimate for them to go and raise concerns with the pastor if, if they had an oh, yeah. issue over things were being taught. But what you're saying is that it wouldn't be legitimate for them to say, well, I, I'm going to pull the money if you don't change. Is That's that what right. You're saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just to use that to get their own way, they're they're becoming controlling by uh, the powerful influence that they have over the pastor because they're big contributors to the to the uh, the budget for the church. You know. Mm. Or here's another example. Um, you know, you've probably heard this term uh, covering. You know, if you leave this church, you you, you step out of the covering out of, the, covering, of yeah. the church. You know. Incidentally, by the way, uh, the word covering is not a New Testament term. You won't find it anywhere. In the New Testament, so Interesting. when people say to you, you know, whose covering are you under? Just say, what do you mean? Whose control? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's what it is. Um, you know, when when one person leaves a church and goes to another, um, it's not a question of coming out of the covering of God or the covering of that church, because we're in Christ; He's our covering. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Now, the other thing I, I was going to say though is that you know, intimidation uses direct means of control. Manipulation uses indirect means of control. It's a little bit more subtle. You know, for example, I'm a pastor. I could I could use prophecy. I could prophesy to people, mm-hmm. uh, give them personal prophecies, and flatter them in those prophecies, or or even uh, you know make them feel special because they're a part of our church through that prophecy in order to keep them in my church. Or I can I can promote them into a position only because I don't want to lose them. So I'm giving them a position, Mm. which is a form of uh, manipulation or control. Love seeks the highest good of the other person. So if I'm using a person or I'm controlling them, I'm basically serving my own interest. But if I'm really concerned about them, I will do what is best for them. Our series this week is on dealing with toxic relationships and we'll have more for you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.